0: everybody welcome to hit rewind this episode we're discussing the two invasions of the body snatchers of my lifetime (laughs) i'm old Uh, (laughs) um, we won't be discussing the original or the newer version with nicole kidman and daniel craig Uh, we're doing the 78 and 93 versions i'm your host michael and kersey's on the other side hey how's it going was that was a long meandering opening but i think i kind of got it right
1: no, that makes sense. I think it was good. <laughs> I, lo- I, I love this part of the podcast where we criticize ourselves
0: in real time right at the onset. <laughs> we, like, lower everybody's <laughs> standards. <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right. So this is the first time in a we, while we, that...
0: We fine-tuned live, guys. This is, <laughs> this, is all, I don't... this is all planned. To tell you the truth, I like raw recording. I don't like overly processed overly edited Uh, there was a show i did when we first started for years called video night where the guy who edited it just took out every single little piece of non-essential like it was just at a fast clip or whatever like that i just it didn't feel like a real show to me it it felt like it was processed so i kind of like this part
1: Oh, well,
0: there you are. Okay, can you hear me? Yeah, hi, hello. <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> hey, what the fuck? Alright, well, maybe there will okay, be some editing uh... in this. <laughs> okay, so, let's get okay, to the episode. Be, we, yeah, we might have to cut. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Invasion movies, of course, been very popular for a very long time. There's the Puppet Masters, the the Robert Heinlein Puppet Masters. There's the Thing, the Blob, and all sorts of like But Invasion of the Body Snatchers, I think, is the one that's most gone back to and revisited. There's probably another version as we speak. So this is basically the gold standard, the one that they keep revisiting remaking. And I think the 78 version might be the best version, but the 93 is insanely good. And it's really a shame that the 93 version is the one that was thrown away by the studio.
1: Yeah, actually, I was surprised when I—I I, I mean, at first, I want to uh, kind of push back on something you were saying that like, you, that um, this one is the movie that gets revisited, which is true. Um, over movies like The Thing, but I would say because The Thing doesn't really, or, and those other movies that you mentioned don't really have any kind of anything you can update about it. It's just they're just like good movies that are about a specific thing. Whereas, like, what is so interesting about? This concept is that it can be adapted and updated over time, and I think that's why it gets the revisiting treatment. Yeah, yeah. Um, more so than the other
0: ones. Yeah, I was just thinking about it while watching it today. Is that if you made uh, another Invasion of the Body Snatchers, my angle would be that half of our population would be convinced it's a good thing. They would, you know, somehow like the aliens would start off with like social media or something like that, and then spend a year <laughs> brainwashing people into believing it's a great idea to get absorbed by these creatures and taken over and like you know and they'd be like celebrities i'm going into the pod lab or whatever i'm about to be taken over you know i'm live streaming like
1: yeah they're gonna do the the pod challenge
0: yeah it would it would be something more like that like where they could you know if it's going to be about uh, today's you know commentary because so the fifth the fifties version is commentary on the communism paranoia you know during the whole red scare. Um, yeah. The seventies version is kind of a mixture of talking about the breaking up of traditional marriage. This is when everybody started having a yeah. midlife crisis. It's a whole thing. I didn't know this until recently that there was a wave of movies around this time that were about middle-aged crazy people hitting their 40s and you know buying big vehicles and having affairs or being swingers and stuff like that this is the only one that does it in a more subtle way and non-comedic see that's so funny that you mentioned that because that's literally what i was
1: thinking of when i was watching it um that like you know during the 60s then Um, you know, the pill and all that kind of stuff. They started to redefine, um, what marriage and what like expectations and relationships looked like. And I, watching it, that it was really what I thought of seeing it. But when I was looking at it online, I didn't find anybody talking about that. A lot of what they were talking about was more about the political intrigue. Um, you know, this is around when Watergate happened. So this is like the, the idea of like being afraid of our institution, that they might be surveilling us kind of thing, where it's like that paranoia that, um, you know the uh like our institutions are turning against us which makes sense because the main character like works for the government in a position where you know it it would be like an actual civil servant and kind of like finding this conspiracy that he's unintentionally wrapped up in so the um i
0: i get those but yeah the first thing that jumped out at me was exactly what you were saying well and the other thing that I was thinking about is the seventies was the age of the guru and cult followings you know we had um uh what's the one that was in Oregon the uh, Sun Nine, moon I think was uh, the guy he had a cult like over in Beaverton or something um and then there was Jim Jones
1: it, it, people oh, are in... oh you're talking about the the Rush niche? Or...
0: yes. But that yeah. this, that seemed to be a wave thing cuz like you know we had the post Vietnam uh, a lot of us were really broken and some people went and found like traditional religion, you know, getting back to their roots, but then there's people looking for a new past. I mean, we had already seen what had happened in the late 60s with Charles Manson and his little family cult thing. Um, but then there was like more mainstream like uh, Dr. I- ironically, Dr. Spock uh in real life who was like the baby guru to teach you how to raise your kids to be whatever and people were like obsessed with this guy during the 70s and 80s so i I wonder if that's an intentional joke that leonard nimoy who played spock is playing a guru like spock
1: yeah it's very much like traditional family values kind of guy um and again that's another thing that like jumped out at me it's like to me very clearly and i don't know under I don't understand why I'm not seeing this online when looking up discussion groups about it that it really does have to do a lot with uh, relationships
0: yeah it's and here's the thing is that that's the kind of stuff when you say oh this movie's very dated it's of its time period I like that when it's talking about what's going on in that era not oh everybody has like Donald Sutherland has the, the the perm or whatever for some reason was a fad for men you know and oh look bell bottoms and disco and stuff like that there's more to the 70s than just straight up just visual, you know, comedic stuff. Like, oh, look at that brown. Everything's brown. <laughs> yeah, <they're> very beige. <laughs> yeah, um, and the I beige think, but taking out all of that, though, if it was just a straightforward horror film, you know, with no subtext and everything, it's still really entertaining and scary as hell. Yeah, oh, for sure. Um, another thing
1: to... Oh, man, I was going to say... Spend... Oh yeah, another thing that I really enjoyed about it that you don't see that much anymore and maybe this movie is another one of those reasons why but um, seeing government civil servants or however you want to want to say it as like a, a, the hero of a movie. Yeah. Like when Donald Sutherland's first introduced, he's like a fucking action hero just like kicks open the doors of some French restaurant. And everyone's like afraid of him, <laughs> and he's just like inspecting super raptors. Yeah, he's, like,
0: yeah, he's just so the person to help more. Like you don't, you
1: don't really see government people who work in government as that anymore. Like
0: now they're just like bland zombies. And I, I'll I'll say this, and if I'm ignorant, you can correct me, uh, listeners later. Um, I've seen the '50s version, but I don't think I've seen it in 30 years, so I don't recall a lot of the elements that were brought into it, but I don't remember it being that um, well explained. I mean, the whole opening is saying, you know, explains how this, this, uh, pe- what do you want to call it? Like, almost like a fungus, parasite, amoeba thing that's coming out of the sky. And, you know, it's yep. un- unlike a lot of alien movies where it's like a, like a real creature or like a big alien with a goofball head. You know, this is just like minuscule life forms that attach itself it's basically a parasite it lives off of the plants that it's around and takes over and then beyond it gets stronger and stronger until it needs to take over us yeah and i introducing the scream uh you know the pointing scream bug i think that scream especially the way they do where they curl their tongue and just mouth agape is horrifying yeah Yeah, i mean like i've always
1: seen it kind of as a joke before but actually watching it in its full context that
0: scene is legitimately terrifying yeah um and I think the special effects are that perfect medium between like they're using puppetry and you know like in, in newer yeah. effects but there are sometimes it's just people in the makeup and they do a really good job I can't imagine being in there and just suffocating like that yeah oh
1: Interesting to note that uh, I believe this was in '78 when this movie came out. Correct. Um, it features a woman topless, and is still considered
0: PG. Yeah, there there's. I think that would last. I think the last <laughs> time I saw a PG movie with nudity was Doc Hollywood in 1991. But I, there were complaints. Doc really? It, it was in theaters as PG, but when it hit video, it got changed to PG-13. But she walks out of the water topless, and you're like, "How is that PG?" Oh <laughs> I do not. I do not remember that part of the movie. It's in the very beginning when Michael J. Fox, after his car crashed or whatever, he's sleeping by a tree or whatever and wakes up to see the main female, whatever, walking out of the, the lake or whatever, topless. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I literally only remember one thing about that movie. Oh, okay. And it's, and it's him, it's Michael J. Fox
1: standing somewhere, and that's the only like image that is conjured in my mind.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's just the poster. I think I just had the poster. Oh uh, Yeah, there. I was going to say, maybe that's what it is. Uh. And I, this is from the writer who would go on to do Buckaroo Banzai and uh, uh, Big Trouble in Little China. And he brings kind of a, a an oddball tone to this. He didn't direct it, but you can see there's an influence where he's casting unusual people in... You know, like the heroes of this are just normal everyday people. I mean, and not just talking about the characters, I'm talking about the actors... But I love that there's just a slight eccentric twist. I mean, this is basically where I think most of the world got introduced to Jeff Goldblum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, I just can't imagine like the before this. I think he had only ever done Death Wish, where he shaved his head and he was one of the guys <laughs> in, in the beginning. But um, this this is like kind of on he, brand. He, like he
1: didn't, he didn't have a shaved head in that one. I thought he had like a, I thought
0: he had a girl hair. Did he? I gotta watch they would it say again. Back then. I haven't seen it forever. I thought he shaved his head, but um. So I, I think just, he was wearing like a headband to hold his hair. Uh, right okay. Well, you know what? We should go back. I, I'm getting an itching for going back to some exploitation films of the '70s. Yeah. I just oh, picked. I got, the, I got a
1: perfect one for
0: you, by the way. We'll yeah. talk about it later. Well, here and this is side note. Right, let's take a commercial break for real quick. Um, I've noticed that '90s nostalgia still isn't really kicking in. People, every time I think we're going to get into the '90s with the general public's nostalgia, nope we are still getting our asses dragged back to the 80s because now we have all these sequels to yeah. the 80s movies. And I'm like, all oh, right. At best, we're around 92, 93. No one gives a shit about anything after, like, 1994. So maybe it's time to take a, a break and go back to the 70s because I, I just picked up the whole Omen trilogy. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so anything else you want to say about this version? Uh.
1: Yeah, not much else to say. I, I really... I I thought it was excellent. It's definitely my favorite of the two. Uh, I love um, having sort of like the everyday common people as sort of like heroic characters and not only just in the type of job that they have, but also just like, you know, Donald Sutherland looks a little schluppy. Yeah. That's like, that's your hero. That's your protagonist. That's the person that you're identifying with and you don't really see that much anymore. So it's a really, it's a really interesting, really well-made
0: movie that I would highly recommend. Well, oh, I think it's interesting is that both movies are about families being torn apart. One literal and then one, like, figurative. Like, they're just, they're so close to each other and they're such good friends and they rely on each other. And watching them get torn apart, I think, hurts more in this one than it does in the 93 version where they're literal family. Because you don't spend a lot of time with the parents, really. It, the Now, the brother and sister, that one hurt. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The uh so The think 90-
1: also,
0: like, oh.
1: the, oh, sorry, go ahead.
0: You're good. I was gonna say because the '93 version is, is like I don't know, 40 minutes uh,
1: shorter, so there's just not as much grounding that's done uh, for that one. Yeah, the so ni- it's kind of it's kind of missing that really human element that mm-hmm. I was that I was kind of looking for.
0: the The '93 version was troubled. It was supposed to be directed by Stuart Gordon, who it was the director of Reanimator and Dolls and a couple of really great flicks. Yeah. Um, and he was taken off the project and was given over to someone who'd really not done a lot of theatrical affair. He mostly did like grindhouse thrillers, uh, Abel Ferreira. And I think he does a very good job, but I think he cut a lot of the nuance out of what they wanted with the script. Is What, what I've been reading about the movie and that Warner Brothers had a change in regime... And what they like to do when new guys take over uh, a studio is they like to throw away some flicks just as, like, punishment to show they're the boss. And that's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard of. You already spent the money, dumbasses. The stockholders are waiting around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, despite despite how troubled the production is and despite its sort of, I don't want to say lack of subtlety, but it just, like, not a lot of nuance to it, it's still it's still really well made yeah and i'm wondering if the subtext of this one is we're just coming out of the reagan bush era because you know that ended in 92 and everybody in the 80s was republican basically i mean it's insane if you look at the 84 elections every single state except one went to reagan i've never seen a blowout victory like that and everybody was all about money 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 capitalism military military you know whatever and we, we're in the last stages of our war with, you know, the Cold War or whatever. And I wonder if this movie was a commentary on that rah-rah, we all have to be alike in this, uh, America's the greatest thing ever kind of idea. See, I, I the, the way I was saying it was, what, what is unique
1: about this version is it seems like the government is already aware of the pod people problem and is trying to control it but it's it's very quickly getting out of control so i kind of saw it more as like the the effects of like post-war um people having to like go back to regular society and like we're just not prepared for that and uh, a lot of uh leaks happening about the government's involvement and in, uh iran contra that kind of shit is yeah, kinda yeah. Like blow, it's there's a lot of blowback from that
0: yeah, I, I tried really hard to figure out the subtext of this one, and it's just—it's not as—I I feel like there's some nuance, like cut out of this to help explain it, because I, I really wanted to be like, okay, this means this, you know? I, I just didn't know.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, and we could we could speculate forever, partly because there isn't really a lot to anchor it to a specific idea.
0: Yeah. The uh, and this one is pretty self-contained in its location, unlike the other movie where it's it's all of San Francisco, where this one's basically on one military base and just trying to escape from that. I thought that was claustrophobic, and I I really liked that idea, is that they're just trapped in such a small place, but it's such a big idea. These things are going to get out and take over the whole world, but they have a chance. Yeah, it kind of is more
1: of like a zombie film, uh, especially at the end. But, like, there was that scene... Where the like the wife is taken over, and then she's giving that like really dramatic speech about like it's already too late. Yeah. Uh, and I that was actually a really effective speech. I did. Honestly. Yeah. Where are you I gonna go? That was really creepy. Where are you gonna hide? Yeah, exactly. It's like,
0: Oof. yeah. The um, and I really like Forrest <laughs> Whitaker's uh speech. He's not in the movie very long, but you just watch him just like completely unravel and in the fear. I mean, he has a gun, and and he. You know, you think that he has a chance of fighting him off and protecting, you know, and other people, and he just can't. It, it no matter what, he's going to be taken over. So he just kills himself.
1: Right. Yeah. He's he's aware of like how dire the situation is. Yeah. One of one of the only people that is, that is aware of just how screwed up the situation is now. What and I now like that a, it's freaking... Now the containment's broken. Like it's just it's open. There's no hope.
0: Yeah. What I like about both movies is that. Um, is that you they keep it a mystery when people disappear. You're never sure if they've been taken over or not. And sometimes because of a cutaway like with the dad in the office, you think that he's hidden away and no one sees him whatever and then he gets back to the car. You're never certain. I think both movies handle it very well. You're like, mm, "Are they taken over?"
1: <laughs> yeah, especially when they add the the part of like
0: you know, pretending to be emotionless. Right, to blend, yeah. But
1: now, really, you don't
0: know who it is. Yeah, I, I think... And I think Gabrielle Moore did a very good job And this is a sister who's desperately trying to keep her brother safe. And, um... It, this one is much more action-packed. I mean, this one fucking moves like yes. a freight train. So, while it does ditch a lot of the more complex character stuff, it does not bore.
1: Oh, for sure, yeah. And that's what I was saying, like near the end it kind of turns into a zombie film yeah it does have that sort of excitement to it of trying to just escape a horde of um i don't know if you want to call them infected just pod people escaping a horde of pod people who have the intelligence of human beings or maybe even more intelligent and that's kind of what makes it more terrifying
0: yeah they explain in the first movie that they collect all of their memories so that they're not really lost. And I'm like, eh, but, you but know, it's the, the argument that I've seen in horror movies, like where if you're bitten by a zombie and you're taken over or you're bitten by a vampire, are you still you? Do you still have a soul in quotation marks? You know, that's, yeah. that brings up that kind of question. But also, um, yeah, in the 93 version, they don't really explain that. They're just like, oh, it just sucks up all your juices. <laughs> Yeah, I
1: think another another big difference between the two is how the creatures behave in, like, the 70, it was a 78 version. Um, it was like, these are just creatures, this is just what they do to, to replicate. There isn't, like, this sense of an agenda to them. This is just how they understand how to survive, whereas, like, the 93 version is much, I feel like it's much more of a conspiracy, a much more um, hostile intent.
0: Right, right. And I can't remember in, in the '93 version they don't come down as like spores, right? They they come they land in the water as like fully fledged pods. Am I wrong? I
1: I, I can't even remember. I do I I remember the whole thing with the yeah it came through water, but I don't remember exactly what the process was.
0: Yeah. The uh the 2010 version like I it was also a fucking mess but at the end result isn't worth it either. That's one of those movies that kept getting reshot and reshot and then when I saw it I was like, "Oh, they should not even bother <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I
1: know that's one of those just like sunk cost problems where it's like we already spent like 30 million. Yeah. I mean, what's what's another 5 to finish it,
0: you know? Well, actually, I heard that they spent 70 million on that fucking thing reshooting. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, they wanted to make it more action-packed because it was coming out in the summer, which sometimes, look, if you spend a lot of money on a movie, I get it, if you want to make your money back, but sometimes there's also the wrong time to release a movie, and Invasion of the Body Snatchers is never the kind of movie that should be released in the summer. No, no, no. All right, anything else you want to say about these movies before we go? No, I recommend both.
1: Um, yeah, just beware, the second one is... Uh, yeah a little bit of a mess it doesn't have as much like character development it doesn't have as much explanation of what the creatures are and there really isn't a lot of like metaphor in it either so but you can't just kind of take away what you want out of it so there's that element to it Mm -hmm. but it's interesting it's just not as good
0: yeah alright so that's it everybody you know where to find us and uh, have a good night
1: Good night, folks